0: Welcome to episode 53 of the Addiction Solution podcast. For those who think sobriety is a superpower, we're gonna challenge that today. I'm Michelle Dunbar, Mark Sheeran, Stephen Slate, and I will be discussing how people escape the addiction treatment and recovery trap. There are two ways you can work privately with Freedom Model Instructor. The first is at our beautiful St. Jude Retreat. And you can also work via Zoom with our at-home Freedom Model private instruction program. You can get information about our retreat at soberforever.net and thefreedommodel.org and about our at-home private instruction at leaveaddictionbehind.com. So is sobriety a superpower?
1: No. No. <laughs> um Emphatic. <laughs> emphatically. No, emphatically,
2: that's the it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's the
1: entire podcast. <laughs> well, I was triggered last night or the other day when my friend sent me a little meme from Facebook. You know, it was pink and it had um like you know, colorful writing. Confetti. And was, yeah, there was like confetti on it and it's like and it says sobriety is a superpower and and we had just talked about this last week yeah. in that Atlantic article, and this woman is saying how she got through the pandemic, and it's because she got this superpower that she learned from AA, which is how to do things one day at a time or a few hours herself. at a time. Yeah. And she's she's talking about she can get through this because she's gotten through 23 years of one day at a time, just hanging on. And uh, and and I was just discussing that with a with a student. This morning and he's like so basically she she's saying her 23 years of sobriety was like 23 years of living through this pandemic <laughs> and oh my god imagine like let's just be frank about treatment right it is a place where they try to convince you to quit right we call it treatment but they don't take a scalpel to your brain they don't generally use medications, so though sometimes they do and we could talk about how those work but they don't they don't work. They don't work. They don't you know, they don't make you not want to use. It's a sales pitch the entire time. Yeah. And here's why it doesn't stick. Imagine what you're going through with the pandemic right now, with everything being shut down, the how horrible that is, feeling like you can't go anywhere, do anything, and you just gotta sit and wait something out. That's what they're selling you. Except yes. you have to do it and, every
2: day in twenty-four hour chunks.
1: Yeah, that's and that's what they're selling you at rehab, and it's no wonder. Like people like me, I walked out the door, and within a week I was shooting up. I stuck a needle in my arm for the first time a week after rehab, <laughs> and because it's not a good sales pitch to say no. you're going to have to struggle through this.
2: Well, the, the whole idea of time, the whole idea of struggling in itself is. The whole point of doing drugs supposedly is to not struggle, to not care, to wipe that out, to wipe out the anxiety of suffering in life, and uh, so they're trying to sell a, a benefit of sobriety without the benefit part. Yeah, without the, that's that <laughs> is that I, is it. I've said it for years that it's like a car salesman selling a car without a motor, and then but you drove in in a car with a motor, right? <laughs> now the car sucked. It was, it was yeah. a jalopy, and it wasn't serving you but well. But at
0: least it was getting you from point A to point B.
2: Yeah, which made me somewhat happy. It was it was touch and go, but it made me somewhat happy. But then the guy's trying to sell me a car that doesn't even go. And that's rehab. Rehab is yeah. the salesman. That's your therapist. He's the salesman, he or she. And they're trying to sell this idea that recovery is going to be a struggle. Well, Jesus, if it's going to be a struggle, <laughs> I ain't doing it. You yeah. know, I think I'll go get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And exactly. So, so they wonder why it fails the majority of time because what they're selling, I don't want to buy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so you really do feel like you have a superpower if you do maintain um, abstinence one day at a time, because it, because if you believe in the struggle um, and then you're, you're kind of like, I can remember the first three months in AA, I, the only time I really thought about, or th- that substance use looked good to me was after a meeting because we'd spent an hour talking about how you know how kind of how awesome it was yeah, yeah. awesome and terrible it was never like middle of the road and um, and I so it felt like that it felt like a struggle every day so if you're somebody that is in that recovery circle and you're in that recovery world you really do start to believe your own press that this is this is you have this tremendous strength and then at the first sign of real trauma or trouble in your life, I mean, for a lot of people, it goes away.
2: The, the, listen to this. I'm going to go with the analogy a little further. So the people who are successful in treatment are the ones that are proud to have bought the car with no engine and are pushing it around. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, and, it does a, yeah, and it <laughs> does take a superpower and a tremendous amount of strength yeah. to push a car around. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. right? So you, you, you could see that if you have that sort of pride that yeah. you know pat me on the back that I'm a guy I don't drive a car I push a car around yeah. right and that's that's what they're selling at at rehab is yeah. this pride of of the battle that you every day you struggle through this compulsion, and you stave it off, and how much strength it takes. That's the superpower. And how
0: special are you? Because you can push this car. Yeah. It's not just what they're selling at rehab. That's what they sell in AA.
1: That's yeah. A, oh, well, yeah. I mean, and rehab is mostly AA, even yep. when they claim not to be. Yeah. Um, and now, when I criticize this woman, no ill will towards her. She no. She got shipped off to Hazelden. She was taught in a giant facility surrounded by a lot of like credible people to her yep that this is how it is so you know you take that on as your understanding and you're gonna fight one day at a time and it, and it's very believable because guess what usually when you are shipped off to rehab you don't really want to quit right if you really wanted to quit you would have you would have you you'd you'd have just up and done it Right? But so you're trying to carry out a goal you have not chosen that is the exact opposite of what you really want to do. You know what I mean? I do. So when somebody tells you it's going to be hard and it's a sacrifice, that's very real and understandable to you in that moment.
2: Yeah. And here's I was talking with somebody, a guest today here at the retreat, and we were going over this. The thing that makes it confusing is... You still, when you're, when you're at that spot where you're still getting drunk and high, and, but you want to quit, you're still at that point where you believe it has benefits, and most of the benefits that you believe it has aren't objectively true, but you don't know that. So you can only act on the knowledge you have. So if your knowledge is a bunch of mythology that drugs do all these magical things, I think it's important to say, well, you have to figure out that it doesn't have that magic at yeah. right? first. So it's really hard to stop a drug habit when you believe there's all these beneficial things about it. And then the rehabs reinforce the specialness of drugs yeah. and, and the power of drugs. It's cunning, baffling, powerful. So it, the way they frame it is, is really, they make it so horribly difficult because they put you on a goose chase with all these distractions about power when in reality... The drugs aren't doing any of that. And we were laughing in class because I said, now that we've been through this, he he, he looked at me and goes, yeah, the drugs don't do any of that. I, I was sitting there squeezing an orange, trying to get orange juice, and I squeezed it and squeezed it and squeezed it. My life got smaller and smaller and smaller. And he goes, and then I realized... I wasn't getting orange juice at all, ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, got a, a I, the <laughs> yeah, I got a few drops. Yeah, you know, and I got real dirty. Yeah, and my hand was all sticky, and 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 then I'm squeezing and squeezing. And he goes, uh, the, the the drugs they just don't do any of that. I was more stressed out. Yeah, I was filled with things. That he goes, Th- think about my first and third through third day here. Now he's now he's telling me he's getting it right. He goes, yeah. the first through third day. I was checking my blood pressure every ten minutes. It was skyrocketed. I was completely out of my mind. I didn't know why I did what I do. I really thought constant stressful thoughts, constant anxiety. I kept thinking about the past. I was thinking about every and and he goes. Then I realized I had been doing that for two years. I'm yeah, drunk,
1: drunk <laughs> so it checking didn't help at all. blood pressure. Yeah, and, all, yeah, all all this stuff. And was his going doctor on. had tapered him. Right. Right. And he still. Feeling like, you know... Yeah, so the alcohol and the drugs, he, he goes, I can't believe that I believed.
2: I, What I thought and what was actually happening were opposites. I thought, I drink, it takes my stress away. Objective reality check. I drink, I'm filled with anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. He goes, but it took me to come here to literally look at you and you told that to me. I was saying it and I didn't get it. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's like, I had that same experience. I know I've mentioned her many times, but a woman a couple years ago that she would get angry and she needed a drink to calm her down. And I kept on like inserting hints. Like, we hadn't gotten around to the chapter. Yeah. But I kept on like dropping hints that alcohol doesn't really take away anger. How many people associate alcohol with increased anger? You the know, whole, you know, the whole just, Irish culture, yeah, right? And <laughs> fighting Irish, you know. And so I dropped the hints a few times, and then then she was on the internet, angry and pulling out a bottle to drink, slamming on the keyboard, <laughs> and her that. son is like, "Mom, you always get more mad when you drink," and it like clicked. She was like, "Oh my God, here's what happened." <laughs> yeah, yes. and I realized. I've been doing this all along. Like, I think I needed to take away my anger, but I end up angrier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, we color the buzz, the physical buzz with whatever we want in our mind. We color it red one day with anger, and we color it blue with sadness another day, and we color it whatever with joy, you know? Yeah. It's just what we think.
1: Yeah. So, now, but you you come in you let's say you're an aa member you know you're you're going you're trying to make it happen and you look at these other people that get celebrated like they're very strong they're really working the program they have the superpower that's what it it appears to you um and you know you were you were saying michelle like there's nothing special i mean there is and there isn't but there's there's really nothing special about those people. And, and Jerry used to say it. There's no di- He was 20 years sober, and he would say it to people that just got here, like, there's no difference between me and you.
0: No. At, at some point, you just... Even the people that are saying that it's a superpower, like the people that have put years together, really stopped for the exact same reason that we talk about in the Freedom Model. Right? They stopped because they they believe that they can be happier not drinking than drinking so even in not, aa even in aa that's not a superpower and there are a lot of people who like to put themselves up on that aa pedestal the guru status yeah, absolutely. and they, they and, prefer the guru status over being drunk yeah And end
1: up on that cross yes yes,
0: yes. Yeah. that that look at me and, and it, it you know it used to be because people some people would say that to me, like, Oh, you did so good, you turned your life around. Yeah. And I'm like, um, okay. Like it like it never occurred to me that, that was that, that that being a person that made choices that were productive and positive was something to be celebrated. Yeah. Like, well, you know, <laughs> so you, you know <laughs> no, go ahead.
2: It's funny because when, when I crashed, <laughs> crashed the car and then went back home, got bailed out of jail and was home. Um I was really expecting my father to be like, okay, you're really doing well. I'm glad you've quit drinking <laughs> and all that. But the problem is, I was the last 12 kids. Yeah, he was so done. The oh. <laughs> whole, like, that whole idea that yeah. we should celebrate This change of heart and change of better
0: behavior (laughs) was
2: so played out in my family by the time I rolled around. Yeah, so I'm waiting for this final acceptance of my family, of me, and I've turned a new leaf. Look at
0: Mark, he's doing so good. Yeah,
2: he's he's decided to change his life. My dad was like, You have to go now you're no longer a part of this family and I was like I'm like oh my god minute. no wait a minute I'm, I'm getting my life together he's like that's great that's, that's great. great good for you Yeah. Get someplace else yeah <laughs> yeah I was I was given no quarter at all and I, I'm out in the street homeless at that point and I, I called my brother I'm like can I stay at your place he's like really dad didn't let you stay there you know yeah. <laughs> now, now when Pete got sober it was like everybody celebrated it it yeah. was the yeah, the coins came out that you know it was like everybody was so excited about it and with me get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) They're done. done. The whole romance
1: with the whole thing was played out. I got, you know, some of those we're proud of you and everything and right at first that was good. Right. But it, but very quickly, you know, I don't know when it was. I don't know. It It fades. But like people would say, I go, yeah, they'd be like, well now it takes the form of like if people ask me what I do and I tell them about my work, they're like, you're so noble. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just what I like to do. I, I have an interest in it because, you know, I was amazed at my own turnaround. And so I have an interest, and I like this. And, it, and so it's not noble. Right. right? You're not doing and it because. right Yeah, so that's the current iteration. But but way back, it would be, you know, it would be like, oh, you're so strong. That's so amazing. And I actually still get that once in a while. And I'm like, no, really? And I, and I explain to them, I just, I used to think I needed heroin now i don't and you know what i mean like that's yeah that's what it comes down to so but um what i want to say is i believed it took strength when i was in the whole rehab treatment world and that was when i continuously failed yes and when i finally did quit it didn't take strength i didn't sit around resisting cravings and that means, you know, no. if you're trying to quit and you're feeling some, like, craving or something, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or that you're weaker than Steve. That's so it's, important. You know what I mean? That's like, so important. I am not strong. I have no particular strength here. Like, I do what I want. Yes. Right. And if It doesn't I, take effort. You're not uh, You're not deliberating. There's no, no. none of
2: that going on. It's just, I don't want to do this.
1: I am not, and maybe it's because I'm not religious or something. I have no like idea of self-restraint I mean I do kind of like I stop from firing off some kind of Facebook comment <laughs> right or something that requires but <laughs> it's just sort of like thinking better of it like because yeah. ultimately for years I fired off ones that I knew I shouldn't and um, you know but I got to a point where it's was like yeah there's there's no point in firing off that comment and that's what I can do most of the time now and, it, and or that is what I do and it's like the thing, you know, so I, I don't really restrain myself. And that's not what sobriety is that's about right. to me. And I, we're saying sobriety here. And, and what I mean is sobriety from heroin, I suppose, because I was sober from everything for five years. And then and I was like, all right, I'll be a moderate drinker. Um, and that was not a lapse in strength. Right. At all. Right. So I hadn't been like holding off on drinking. Right. It wasn't like I was resisting drinking. It was like I'm at a different point in my life, and now I'm going to drink.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to talk about why this is so important. This concept of that it doesn't take strength, and you do- you don't need a superpower, because the people that go to rehab and go to AA, and I for three months did deliberate and struggle, I and I didn't that. know what I wanted, and I, you know, had a bit of a nervous breakdown, and. And I, and it was it and was,
1: that's when it feels like it takes strength. It does right?
0: it does and it's because I had the wrong information that's because I it. believed that's it. that the that, that alcohol had a power over me, that it was that was everything to me and that I was flawed, that I was weak in some way. And so that's why this is so important because it, it, it's a distraction from figuring out what you want
2: directly. Yeah. Yeah. Directly. See, I I think that what you're saying here is really important because um, if you're at a place where you want to stop, but you find yourself still getting high, and you find yourself craving, and then you find yourself also quitting and finding it hard, and that you need strength, what that automatically says is that you still want to do it. Yes. So if you have to resist, I don't have to resist poking myself in the eye with a hot poker. Yeah. I don't have to resist yeah. that, nope. right? I don't, it never would occur to me because it's something I wouldn't do, right? That's the extreme. But, but when you have to resist drinking or drugging, it, it means that you still want it at some level in your life. Now, here's, here's why, though. You have to ask yourself why. And you have to objectively say, what do I believe about the drug? What is it providing me? And this is, this is what we go through at the retreat or in, in private instruction with our guests they're amazed when we ask them within the first couple classes write down all the reasons that you like it they find it so really difficult to do that at first and because they're embarrassed by it they're taught not to think that way you know they're taught not to think about why they like it they're taught to resist they're taught to resist constantly don't think about it you know put your mind in some other place distract yourself with hobbies whatever yeah. it takes to blind yourself literally to this
0: it's amazing thing that you're you're giving up yeah. forever. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. And so think about that. The treatment industry is going to highlight all the benefits of getting wasted. And then they tell you you're a piece of shit for wanting it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Okay?
2: So so you're here, flawed,
0: you're, you're broken.
2: Yes, you're weaker. Mm-hmm. And you need us. See, that's that this is where the control model comes in. Not just right now, forever.
0: But forever. Yeah. because you're always going to want this. And and sadly, they they doubled down on it because you know, we have people now that'll be like, "But what about the dopamine and that?" Oh,
2: you know, yeah. like
0: nothing else is going to make me feel as good ever again yeah. as yeah, as cocaine did. And that's a bunch of crap. Oh, yeah. it's total. And wild. now
1: it's GABA, by the way. Yeah. Everything is in the GABA receptors and blah blah blah, but it's turning out to be the same story as dopamine where it's like these think dopamine was just pleasure. Yes. <laughs> but it's like Involved in movement and like it's just like a million things, and it's the same thing with the GABA. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, everything is because it's moderate. You know, it's mediating my GABA receptor. You know, people get thinking like they need it for all yes. this stuff because they get bowled over by just scientific terms, um,
2: and, and it never occurs to somebody that their beliefs guide their behaviors. Right. You know your your beliefs are a product of the mind. They're they're thinking. Your your thinking apparatus, whether that's brain mind, whether they're separate together, whatever doesn't really matter. When you're thinking something, you're you're desiring it or not. You're thinking. You're deliberating. All those things. You have the capacity to think differently about something. Yeah. Yes. You know. But but treatment tells you you don't. Right. And and the craziness about that is, and we, I had this was in class yesterday. He said, you know, it's the only object in my life that's lasted for 30 years. Yeah. Right? Yes. He goes, everything else in my life has changed, evolved, uh, some things have dropped off, relationships have dropped, really important things like my bicycle when I was 12 dropped off quickly. He used the the bicycle. bicycle analogy <laughs> to the car. He did that on his own without me talking about it. He goes, so everything, but why did this stay? And I said, because your belief in it. Because yes. you, you, your belief, he, I said you went to treatment, you were taught this, you were taught it by culture, you were taught it on TV, and advertising, health class in the 80s, we were taught this crap. Yes. We're teaching it to our kids even younger now. You know, it's all myths. But, but myths, believed, are the truth to the person thinking them.
0: Yes, yeah. you know, And then I
2: used the example of the Hopi Indians. Um, doing the rain dance, and every time they danced, rain came. They didn't know that it that was just,
0: just... cyclical, <laughs> part of the seasons. <laughs> right,
2: right. But they believed it, and so they danced with fervor for days out yes. in the desert. And right. it was
0: reinforced by the fact that they, they were getting the results they desired. They didn't realize it was it was a coincidence. That's right. It
1: was, it was correlation, not causation. Yeah. Right, right. Right. So our beliefs guide
2: how we drink and drug it and. If you're trying to resist <clears throat> something that you believe is the most amazing thing, my God, it's going to be difficult to
1: stop yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you got to challenge whether it's the amazing thing. And then also, I think, you know, definitely in my case, I thought I had no future. Yes. There was this yeah. thing where, you know, especially like right after the heroin arrest, right? And that was when I first went off to rehab. It was like, well, that's it. I've destroyed my future. I'm going to be known as a heroin addict forever. <laughs> and kind of thinking there was no joy in the normal world for yes. me or yes. something. And so that was something I needed to re- revive in my mind that actually there is an enjoyable future for me, you know? So uh, that's that's just as important mm-hmm. as questioning the value, like, because it does impinge upon the value of the drugs because a drug in the absence of any other option It's going to be attractive. Yeah, it's everything. You know what I mean? You have no other option. If you don't see yourself really being able to cope and enjoy yourself and all that um, in any other way without it, then it's going to be valuable beyond anything else. It's going to be worth all the pain and misery that comes along with it.
2: An analogy of that is what happens in uh, some of uh, the sub-Sahara of of, uh, Africa. So you have these cultures where people are starving because of lack of water, right? And yet they populate constantly, they impregnate the women constantly, right? You would think that when they watch their first two children die of starvation that they would stop having sex, right? But in the absence of anything else, you're not going to stop sex because it's the only thing they could do to entertain themselves. Even with the knowledge That the mother and the baby would probably die in front of them in one of the most horrific ways. Human beings will find in the moment a way to be happy. So in in you go to a crack house, you will find that same phenomenon of human behavior. In the absence of really believing that your future can be better, you're going to do, you're going to be in your little circle, I call Mm -hmm. it the myopic life, and you're going to vacillate from happier, Sadder, then maybe a little happier, and then sadder. The lesser of two evils is always your mantra, right? Yeah. And and it's the devil you know. You go back to the devil you know because life just cycles in that little place. Now, maybe if you expand that circle a little bit and say, <clears throat> maybe it's possible that I could be happy doing something else. you know. Now, sadly, the people in Africa that are dealing with that, they don't have an option. Mm-hmm. So they're going to keep doing what they do. They've tried to stop it for a century. You know, relief workers have tried to educate people on how to not have sex, right, with the consequences. That's what a rehab does. Don't do cocaine because of the consequences. Well, yeah. Well, give me an option that's better than cocaine and maybe I'll move in that direction. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think you've just explained why we're seeing, and my article that's going to be coming out in the next day or so, uh, you know, talks about why we're seeing higher rates of not just substance use, heavy substance use during the shutdown mm-hmm. that we're, we're experiencing. Um, but also higher rates of suicide. Because when we when we thought that this was a temporary situation, a lot of people will will do like yep. they'll they'll
1: Batter deal down. with
0: something yeah. temporarily. But now it looks like that this is the new normal, so to speak, where where our lives are have have in look indefinitely like not, yeah. We're not free to do the things that we feel we need to do to be happy. Like, you know, the last six months for me with no live music has really been a bit traumatizing. Yes. I'm not yeah. going to lie. miserable, dude. You know, and not being able to go to the movies, not being able to see friends, not being able to be with your dying loved one. I mean, so now we have a, a, you know, a whole bunch of people who were once pretty well-adjusted people I,
1: I, who yeah, are I, struggling
0: I, to figure out how to be happy. I, I hear, and,
2: oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I'm just going to say... You're talking about an idea of permanence, Yes. right? And that was what I felt after that drug arrest is my life is permanently That's right. altered where just so many options are taken off the table for me. I'm going to have to settle with this. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, like, you know, like I'm very good in any kind of surgical procedure or anything. Remember I was telling you yeah. the guy was cutting my tongue apart. <laughs> yeah. But, oh my God. you know, and he's like, how did you do that? And it's just kind of like, well, you know, I know this is like five minutes. Yeah. Right. Do you can know deal with anything do you know what I five mean? minutes. Like, mm-hmm. But then once you get a back pain and you're going to doctors and it's not going away and you think this, then they tell you, like I had that happen a couple of years ago. You're just going to have this pain for the rest of your life. It's like devastating. It is devastating. Yeah. To, to think that, right? Yeah. So, again, if we go back to the, you know, Recovery is one day at a time forever. Yeah, people are falling apart in in that idea when there's when there's no when there's no hope of anything else. Right, and there's no hope you're that you're
0: going to feel better. There's no hope that you're going to be able to be as happy as you once were using. And yeah. It's,
1: yeah, and it's just not true.
0: Not at all. Not at all. Everything is temporary. Everything. And I think it's interesting that you said that about, you know, this is the one activity I've been doing for 30 years. It's the only one that I've held on to. I mean, you know, most people don't drink and drug the same way they did in their early 20s when they're 50. Can you
2: imagine, can you imagine that you're a suburban kid, grew up next to a dirt pit, and you got a YZ85 at 12 years old, or let's say 16, you got a YZ125. Now, some of you out there know what that is, but it's a dirt bike, right? (laughs) Which is very exciting when you're 15, 16 years old. Very exciting. In our society, News shows, health class said your only avenue to happiness be- is YZ125s, mm-hmm. right? Everybody would be riding them till they're in their 40s, right? A, a, a whole bunch of people would continue yeah. to ride and continue crash, break an arm, right? <laughs> it would. you would That would actually happen if you could convince a populace that that were the case. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go back to Africa. That's what happens with those people. Mm -hmm. That's the YZ125 in our ridiculous example. But think about drug addiction, they're dying. They know the risk of dying. They could get fentanyl at any moment and put it in an arm and and blow out and die. Um, And yet they continue to do it because they don't believe there's a better way to live. They don't believe that they can move on. They're taught that they can't.
0: Yeah, when you stopped riding dirt bikes, why did you stop riding dirt bikes?
2: I moved on. I, I it just had no interest, and there wasn't a entire cultural paradigm saying that a KX five hundred is the most important <laughs> avenue to <laughs> happiness that ever existed. Now let's say it did, and I was now thirty five in riding, and I break my arm. I would probably be thinking to myself, "Fuck, I don't, I don't want to. Do I this. can't do this much I longer. I can't do this anymore. I mean, it's killing me." It's killing me. I'm exhausted. My back hurts. The motorcycle is too much power. I don't have the reflexes I once had. Now, and this there's is, people telling you, you're going to be a boring fuck from now on. Then. Yes, yes. you don't do that. That's right. totally and, so, and my whole social circle is going down to Unadilla Racetrack every yeah. Sunday, right? And hammering it out, killing myself, yeah. right? Killing myself. Now I have a back brace on, wrist braces, knee braces. You see this in the vet class, by the way. and But... Imagine an entire culture, an entire yeah. culture. That's what's happening with drug addiction. The people are taught that you're always going to like this. And there, this guest was saying to me, he goes, I have been bashing my head against the wall, asking myself why I continue to do this every day for a decade. Every day for a decade. And, and I don't know why. And I said, well, maybe it's because you believe the lie. Yes. You believe a whole bunch of lies that it's the only way that you can be happy. And and he actually teared up, and he said, "You know, I really can do other things, can I?" And I said, "Yeah, infinitely.
0: And and there's a really great possibility you'll find something that actually makes you happier.
1: Yeah. Oh you yeah. You know,
0: your your world yeah. will open oh, up. Oh God, yeah. your time Well, there's opens a massive
1: up. possibility. I mean, it's almost guaranteed. Yeah, because absolutely. If you're putting yourself through hell with the drinking right now." You will definitely be happier not drinking. Like I know that. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> like, I absolutely just, like at least in this moment, at least in the the somewhat immediate future, because just by comparison, if you're waking up and shaking, needing to drink, you're managing trying to sneak it around the people that you love. You know, you're going through whatever you're going, pushing through to keep that up. That is taxing. You yes. know what I mean? And so at the very least, in this first year after drinking, you could feel a lot damn better, just by contrast, right? Yeah. You, you make a big change from one state to another, um, from one what is it's feeling like a bad state to you at this moment. It's going to be better. So we can say that. I mean, I feel... Yeah, better is, that, is better. It, yeah. it yeah. is going to be better. You know, then do you find you enjoy yourself longer term? Probably, if you give it a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, a lot of families will say to me when I'm talking to them on the phone about their loved one, they'll say, you know, he just doesn't have the willpower to stay sober. He just doesn't have the strength
1: yeah. know. to stay
0: sober. Know. And I'm like... No, you're looking at that the wrong way because the lifestyle that he's living takes a tremendous amount of strength and will yeah. Yeah. to keep it going. Yeah, you know, so it's it's not an issue of strength. It's,
2: it's it's not an issue of strength too because the human will in nature, just in nature, is in, in massively, massively uh, powerful force. I mean, yes. the fact of what we deal with with the suffering of life, just getting up every morning, you have to have some will. Um, it's, it's just a matter of what you perceive as yeah. your best option. Yeah, see,
1: that's that's something we got to be clear about, is that when you are using substances, that is your will. That, that is an expression is of your willpower, right? right? So willpower is really the, the wrong lens through which to see it. Now, if you're kicking yourself, okay, you're in conflict. You want to do it, you want to stop, you want to do it, you want to stop. It's not... The issue is not to become stronger. You're strong enough to carry out what is your desire. And when you drink, that's what you're doing. You know, so it's resolve the conflict, which you know, question the benefits, question and figure out and explore the um, other options. Your new life. Push yeah. yourself to experience something. Dive into it. You know what I mean? And like that's that's the thing. You might be. You know, people are in a relationship. They're tortured. They want to leave. They love the person. They're afraid to leave. They right. have this. And it's like, you know, like you're going to stay in this place or you're just going to say you're going to say I'm better off leaving or you'll dive right back into the relationship and say, let me see if I can make this work. Let's right. see. Let me yes. instead of doing the same routine with the fights and whatever's going on and you dive in, you're like, I'm going to give all my attention and I'm going to like, see if this can work and see if this can work. Like yeah. that's the other, you know, and you know, resolving conflict is what it's about. It's not about being stronger. You're strong enough. It's, it's strength is, it, and you shouldn't even say that strength that's is right. not an issue. That's right. Yep.
0: That's, I think that's a good way to end it. Yep. Thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior problem, or you want help moving past recovery, we encourage you to call us here at 888 424 2626, or you can reach us through our website at thefreedommodel.org. At that site, we offer many free resources, including our videos, these podcasts, and ebooks. Um, digital editions of our full books are available for free to our podcast listeners at thefreedommodel.org. Use coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout for the Freedom Model for Addictions and Family100 for the Freedom Model for the Family. If you need detox, if you're ready to, to stop but you think you're going to need detox services, you can contact our friends at Gallus detox, That's Detox.com, and they can help you out. Um, And paperbacks of our books are available on Amazon and other online retailers. Thank you so much. Until next time.
2: All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.